0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Super Marcado Brothers Video Game Music Podcast. Thank you so much for
1: joining us. This is the podcast where we share and discuss the very best in video game music. My name is Carl Brueggemann.
0: And I'm his brother, Will Brueggemann. We're so excited today to be joined by our good friend, Carlos. Carlos, thanks so much for joining us. Carlos, you're actually the host of another podcast on the Mercado Brothers Network called Heroes 3.
2: Yes, I am. Uh, I host the show with uh, Matthew and Marty your brother yeah and uh, we've been having a ton of fun with the show and uh, I'm just super excited to be able to be involved I guess adjacently to uh, the Marcato Bros Yeah, you're on the network, man. You're in the fam. We got a a network going on.
0: And now we finally get to do a Favorites with Friends featuring Carlos. And on top of that, we are friends. You know, we met at MagFest a number of years ago, and now it's kind of like this annual tradition of, like, all of us hanging out every year, which is... Hopefully we're going to continue this year also. Yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely. And this is a fun favorites with friends episode because we're actually all three in the same room together. You know, we've right. done a lot of our favorites with friends episodes via Skype. Um, and so it's, it's
0: always nice when you get to be in the same room with someone. Right. And yeah, we didn't want to do that with Carlos because like we, I don't know, all of us live in the Midwest, even though we all mm-hmm. live in like different cities and stuff but close enough that you can enough. make it work yeah. yeah for sure so it's so nice thanks for you know making the trek
2: out here oh man thank you to for Brudeman having me. country yeah yeah it's it's pretty surreal i mean i for sure was a fan of the show for a long time and then you know we started to talk a bit more and we didn't really meet in person until magfest right but um because of Mag- magfest you know i got to talking with other people like matthew and marty and um, now we're involved with this show, which is funny to me too, because I guess back in the day, you would kind of say that video game music was more niche. Right. But now it's kind of flipped where I think video game music is much more popular yeah. than kung fu movies. <laughs> right. So we're kind of. Kung on, fu movies are the new video game music. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if we'll have a flip. I mean, what's going to be next? (laughs) Every, every podcast on the Marcado Bros. You're always trying to to stay
1: behind
0: whatever's popular. That sounds like a life goal. All
1: right. Well, so guys, if you're not familiar with the format, uh, this episode, we call the series favorites with friends. Today's episode is favorites with Carlos. So Carlos brought in, a list of 16 tracks of video game music that have some sort of special connection to him, whether it's his history of video gaming, maybe a really important piece of music from a really important game, maybe something lately he's been really into. It kind of depends on the person, but these episodes, our guests basically bring in a full playlist of tracks, and we talk about uh, their relationship with, with this music. So it's a little bit more of a personal uh, look at, you know, how this music has has affected someone. So so
2: Carlos, what's, what is your approach today as far as the, the tracks that you brought in? So I kind of took a look at my history with video games and video game music, and I kind of put together a chronological tasting of all the things that were really important to me. And I had to oh, wow. start with uh, Street Fighter 2 because it's such a cornerstone of my life
0: Well, you're uh cool. as we were talking earlier you know before we started recording uh fighting games are like a huge part of your life and something that you're really good at
2: yeah it's kind of been a constant in my life for a really long time uh i kind of i grew up in the 90s so i kind of lived in the arcades for a lot of the time mm-hmm. and um that was the era of fighting games in the yeah. arcades and sure uh i met a lot of people through that and i learned a lot about myself, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, how you an- analyze things in life. And I just, I, I enjoy fighting games. I Is this going
0: to be an emotional episode? Are you going to no, no. cry again? <laughs> but, I mean, you guys want
2: me to talk about myself, right? So, <laughs> you know, I would go to the arcade and put my quarter up on the machine. And, mm-hmm. you know, fighting games are very, I guess in that way, they're very personal because yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure, you're playing against somebody. You don't know if you know them or not. And maybe mm-hmm. you'll grow to know them. But, um, yeah, it's a uh, very important part of my life. Well, we're going to start Beautiful. things off with a track you brought in from Life Force. So why did you start things off with Life Force today? Um, the reason that I picked Life Force and the track following is when uh, when I was a kid, my brother and I, we got a Nintendo, and we kind of would get um, our systems, I guess, like when there would be a price drop, right? you know, so um, I kind of feel like my parents... Maybe my mom like there was like a sale on a type of game. So mm. uh outside of the Mario Duck Hunt that everybody would get. Sure. We also got uh Life Force and uh Nice. Yeah, so it kind of was a good start, I guess, in a video game music sense mm-hmm. because I got those uh sweet Konami sounds in my ears. Yeah, from classic soundtrack. Age. Yeah. So
1: th- this is the NES version
2: of the Salamander arcade game, right? Right, right. Which Miki Higashino composed, mm-hmm. and um, there's a different selection of composers for the um, for Life Force, but they use the same material. Absolutely. So, what track are we starting
1: off with today from Life Force? It's called Meteorolite. It's the stage two theme. Very cool. Let's take a listen to this from Life Force. <music> You guys are listening to Meteor Light from Life Force, which is the NES version of Salamander for the arcade, and this is music originally composed by Miki Higashino. Uh, yeah, this is an absolute classic. Uh, I, I didn't know this from this exact title, but we have definitely have played this uh, on the podcast. It's probably been a while. Uh, yeah. I think we had a really weird idea in episode 5 where we had uh, an episode on arcade games, but we ended up playing mostly console music. <laughs> that <laughs> based, was just ports. You know, ports of, of, yeah. of arcade games, so I think we played this on that, but yeah, what, what a great way to start off the day. So yeah, yeah, Life t- Force is us. just
0: an NES classic.
1: Yeah, talk to us a little bit more of your experience in this game and like how this music maybe affected you at that age. Mm,
2: um, well, I just thought it was a really cool game when I was a kid because it was like out in space, you're you a know, strange land there's like a lot of weird organic stuff going on it just looks right. really strange and um, I wasn't that good at the games when I was a kid mm-hmm. so it was always fun to see like okay as I got better I would get to another stage hear new music mm-hmm. and see a totally different so world so what
1: year did you actually start playing this game do you remember Ugh, did you get sure. it right when it came out or no, was it later no it definitely
2: was probably maybe a year after it came sure, out sure sure
1: but that's still pretty young, I imagine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Do you
2: have
0: any memorable experiences with the music in particular?
1: Just that it stuck with me. Uh, this and the
2: next game that sure. we we're
1: covering. Well, let's let's do that. Let's go on to the next game. So it looks like the next game we have is another Konami classic. And this was released the same year. Is that right, Carlos? As, as yeah. Life Force? Mm-hmm. So this is Castlevania II, Simon's Quest. So try to set this up for us. It uh, looks like you brought in piece of music called The Silence of the Daylight.
2: Yeah. Castlevania is another uh, series that's really important to me in my life. Um, and this was kind of the game that really showed me the world. Mm. Uh, I Actually, my cousin had the game and he brought it over by Uh, our house and just seeing it like simon's quest is notoriously a bad game right and it kind of punishes you but the things that i liked about it are things that i like about games still to this day so they kind of drop you into an open world and um castlevania series always has a like a lot of like these kind of horror tropes and these universal monsters so seeing all these cool things just like in life force uh you know seeing these like alien like creatures and brains with eyeballs on them attacking you like <laughs> it all these sparks your imagination things. yeah for sure for sure so castlevania is definitely one of my favorite series in my life and i wanted to cool. showcase that a little bit with this track
1: for sure well this is the town stage theme it's called the silence of the daylight from castlevania 2 and it is composed by kinichi matsubara let's take a listen The classic track. It's been a while since I've listened to this one. I forgot how much this one grooves. It just has a really great groove, you know. Not not to mention that really devious classical melody, right? Which feels like something out of an old horror film. But it's just what makes it video game music is that it's so much more funky than than kind of the music that they're trying to send up,
0: right? It's like a dance party. Yeah, that that final sort of turnaround section feels um, harmonically very rock centric, you know, with these mm-hmm. kind of like power chord types of harmonies. This, but yeah, it's much more groovy, laid back, and funky in terms of the but rhythmic But doesn't this aspect. also really remind you of this tone that was established in the first Castlevania game? Sure. Yeah, that's what I'm so amazed at, actually, with the NES Castlevanias, is to me, there's a really consistent style and a really consistent sound. Yeah. But it's actually really specific and hard to describe. Um, it's something I noticed when I was doing like the Dr. Acula thing, because to me, that sort of started off as like a quasi-Castlevania Tribute For sure. But I found that um, it's actually a really specific combination of things mm-hmm. to kind of nail the Castlevania thing. And so I, I sort of transitioned my idea for that album away from like specifically referencing Castlevania to just mm-hmm. being sort of generically spooky. Because I feel like it's such a distinct sound that to try to emulate it too much, you just you start to sound like you're copying it. For sure. So, so, as far as your experience with this game, Carlos,
1: was this the track that when you think back to your time, is this the one that just kind of comes up to your head immediately?
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, this and then when you would get out into the field and you're starting to attack the monsters in the daylight. Mm-hmm. Um, just the the other thing I wanted to say is that I feel like these formed my, my taste in a sense that I really love melody. Yeah. And um, I feel like this foundation of melodies clearly established oh yeah no i track. mean i mean you have Man, a lot of so this good. this classic 8-bit Konami
1: video game music I mean that's some of the best video game melodies ever composed. You see Mm -hmm.
0: what really fascinates me about a great melody is the first few notes like often I think that's the most important thing how a melody starts and I can't think of any other melody I've ever heard in my life that starts this way (laughs) it's such a weird weird, sequence of notes and it's so catchy and the rest of the track feels much more natural melodically so uh, you get the sense that it's just like pretty straightforward stuff but that opening sequence of notes has always been so fascinating to me because it's very unintuitive but it's one of the few things about the track that really gives it kind of the creepy horror vibe and it really characterizes that town i think in castlevania 2 it, it doesn't seem like a very friendly place and mm-hmm. i remember even like going around talking to people they don't really have anything useful or helpful to say and the music kind of it almost feels like it's responding to the gameplay in that way
2: very I, cool i i also think that it kind of speaks to the game too because i as a kid i would just wander around and not know what to do in the game so (laughs) i would just end up in the towns like talking to people like can i please figure out what i need to do in this game but i do love it even though it's a very broken game and the music is a big part
1: of probably why why you still love it yeah for sure well it looks like now on your list we're going to move on to jackal and this is 1988 so we're moving one year ahead so talk to us about your experience with Jackal.
2: So now that you mentioned that, maybe that was the year that I was playing it. Because, okay, sure. Um, yeah, we got Life Force and Jackal at the same time. Oh, got it. So
1: 1988—that was the year I was born. <laughs> wow. Oh man, that
2: was a great year.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. Not to date. Not to date yourself. You know, we're not. We're not going to out you. Right. <laughs>
2: but um, guys, so you, you were the, the
0: ripe young age of 42 when you got Jackal. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Jackal was like, and it's. It's kind of like a top-down shooter. Mm-hmm. It's military-themed. You're, like, driving a Jeep around and you're um, rescuing uh, soldiers and also, like, just shooting at bad guys. Why not? And, um, that was This was another game that, when I was a kid, I just had fun just, you know, driving around and shooting and stuff. But uh, the music burned into my brain. Especially I, I think I picked the stage two theme. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, the first couple of stages were pretty much all I could get through when I was a kid. It's cool, you know, we've had a lot of
1: favorites with friends episodes, but I don't think we've had one that's stuck on one system for so long. So we're still in this NES era. So that was definitely the the system that got you into video it, it games was. and video game music. When we really were
2: cool. when we were kids we did have an Atari, but mm-hmm. I mean there's not really much to say about it. <laughs> the E T game changed well, there my is life. Pitfall uh, Two. <laughs> yeah the lost caverns That's, that's
1: that's a great game okay so we're gonna play stage two this is what carlos brought in from jackal and it was composed by shinya sakamoto as well as atsushi fujio let's take a listen to stage two I was listening to Stage 2 from Jackal for the NES um, and this is also another Konami game and this, this first composer Shinya Sakamoto um, did a lot of other great work from games that you probably experienced at this time as well I'm um, also seeing that name also on Life Force mm-hmm. um, as well as up, uh, probably some other games like let me just read the list of Shinya Sakamoto titles let me know if you played any of these growing up uh, Nemesis Quarth Blades of Steel Snatcher uh falzion uh obviously life force russian
2: attack yeah king kong 2 stinger king kong (laughs) 2 ikari no megaton punch (laughs) that's actually a really cool soundtrack it's a really good soundtrack yeah um yeah i was and i didn't realize it but i was a big and you know like konami fan so yeah um yeah, Nemesis is a version of Gradius. Mm-hmm. I think it's like a localized version of right. it. So I definitely played that. And Russian Attack, it's like another militaristic thing. I really like the kind of marchy, kind of moving forward of this track. Mm-hmm. But it also has a lot of kind of like proggy like changes in it. And that's You know really what it fun. reminds me a little bit of is Contra. Yeah. It, yeah, it kind yeah. of
1: has that sound to it, that early Konami NES mm-hmm. sound. Like especially when I think about these... <laughs> these quote unquote drum samples it's even hard to even call them that yeah. um but yeah they have that they have that early konami sound yeah it's just it's just so classic it's so inescapable it it is music that i i don't really I don't have much an interest to listen to it on in any other arrangement. Like, I don't want to hear a remix of this. Like, yeah. I can't escape the sounds here, you know? It's like, you can't separate them from me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if, what you think about that. I
0: really love the triplets in the melody. Uh, and I think part of the reason why that's so charming is the fact that it is on the NES. Hearing that, ya ta ta Right. Yeah, da, 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 And when, you know, you can tell that the rest of It's it so intentional. ...is in, like, a duple, you know, groove, that that was kind of a difficult thing for them to actually do. Well, I'm excited, because we're going to move
1: on to a title that has definitely been a little bit lacking on our podcast, and we did feature something in our most recent Overdue episode, but this is Mega Man 3. So
2: talk to us about why you brought in not Mega Man, not Mega Man 2, but Mega Man 3 today. So Mega Man 3, uh, I know everybody loves Mega Man 2, Mm -hmm. but Mega Man 3 is my favorite NES Mega Man game. Oh, cool. And um, I actually, yeah, we got it as a gift. When we were kids, there was this thing, it's kind of post-Christmas, maybe it's, I'm Puerto Rican, Mm -hmm. maybe it's a Puerto Rican thing, it's called Three Kings, and you kind of leave a little Hmm. gift out and then you yeah, usually it must get them like not familiar. Yeah, snacks or uh, like like $5 or it something. It sounds great. More gifts is always a good thing. Exactly. <laughs> so what happened that year was I I don't know if the gift giver uh maybe found a game after Christmas that they couldn't find mm. at Christmas. <laughs> but <laughs> that sounds um, about right. Just that year for Three Kings we got Mega Man 3 and I could not three believe megas. it. I could not. Yeah, the Three Megas. That's awesome. And um yeah, the music for this game is really good. I It's. It, it's bun bun. Yeah, yeah. It's overshadowed by Mega Man 2. Yasuaki Iwata? It's, Fujita. Uh, yeah, Yasuaki Fujita. 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 Yeah. And uh, one of the most. One of the saddest things I've heard is that Keiji Nafune, the creator of Mega Man, says that Mega Man 3 is like one of the games he's most disappointed with. Hmm. And that hurts me so much because Aww. I think it's a. A victim of the popularity of Mega Man Two. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a great game.
1: Well let's take a listen to Shadow Man from Mega Man Three composed by Bun Bun. What a proggy track. This is Shadow Man from Mega Man 3. This is really out there. It's this great. is composed by Yasuaki Fujita. Yeah, so why would you bring in Shadow Man?
2: Um I just yeah, this this song gets Those into my bones. Man. Gnarly. So good. So good. It's, so good. it's um, very dissonant in a way. I was considering Snake Man because yeah, but you guys had played it recently. Right. So um but honestly, I love the whole soundtrack.
1: Have we ever played Do You Know Carlos? Have we ever played Shadow Man on this podcast? I don't think I we have. I looked before the show and I didn't see it Wow because we played a couple on that Mega Man episode in season 1 We played a couple Mega Man 3 right. tracks But yeah it's, it's very
0: Much been lacking uh, on this show What's interesting to me about the Mega Man games is that it seems like every single game has different composers, so it was really hard for them to establish a signature style. And I think, just for me personally, I so resonate with Takashi Tatechi's music, and those melodies are so classic to me that, like, no other Mega Man game is able to, like, I don't know, reach that same level to be. Because no other Mega Man game was composed by him, so that's why. Well, they're also going for such different things. Like, that Mm -hmm. was such, like, driving straight ahead, like rock. In um, this actually it reminds me a little bit more of what Manami was doing with the first title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely hear that.
1: There's a lot more zaniness and craziness. To Mega Man Three than there definitely was in, in Mega Man Two, and there's a sense of spunk and, and like sense of humor that Mega Man Three. The music I feel of Mega like Man in terms has. of
0: tempo and rhythm, like this as a piece of music is almost more fit for a Mega Man game than like the rock stuff because mm-hmm. it's not like Mega Man runs very fast. No, not and at a all. A lot of the stages are these sort of static screens. I picture climbing up ladders and you know hopping across little platforms and stuff, and so I feel like the tempo and pace of that track is. Really perfect for uh, a stage and Mega Man game. Mm -hmm. So now we're moving on to the year 1991, which
1: was obviously the same year that we heard uh, that play-in track from Street Fighter 2. But also, uh, you have Super Castlevania four. Good pick.
2: Yeah, it's a game that uh, we owned, and I love that game a lot. It's basically a remake of the first Castlevania game. Mm but i mean it looks nicer and some people are critical of the gameplay but mm-hmm. uh you can't argue that the soundtrack is amazing so what did you bring in from super castlevania 4 today um, i believe it's uh treasure room and um i the reason i picked it is it's, it's very different and um it kind of showcases the kind of thumbprint of super castlevania 4 to me and um Going back, you know, I I was talking to you guys earlier about other people bringing tracks in about their Mm. history with games, and I kind of wanted to pick stuff that other people didn't pick, but it still represented me really well. Very
1: cool. Well, it's also cool that we get to see one particular series, Castlevania, see the evolution of that for you as as a fan of video games. So let's take a listen to the Stage 9 BGM, which is Treasure Room from Super Castlevania 4, composed by Masanori Idachi and Taro Kudo. unique piece of music. You guys were listening to a treasure room from Super Castlevania Four for the Super Nintendo. Yeah, this is really unlike anything uh, else that you really you know, you heard on the Super Nintendo. And even thinking about the Castlevania series, this game really ushered in a totally new sound, in a way. I mean, it has you know those classical vibes, and you know a lot of it is very creepy, and it, it fits the horror connotation. But it's almost taking itself more serious than well, I think the whole the other game games were able is to. like.
0: With the power of the Super Nintendo, Super Castlevania 4 was able to be much more robust, graphically yeah. impressive in terms of the sound and everything. It was like legitimately kind of scary well, I mean, and not can, just kind Can of you campy. imagine
1: like trying to do ambient music on the NES? It would be almost ridiculous. Like it wouldn't, it would sound just terrible. You know, so this is a, a way that, you know, this some of the ambient tracks and Super Castlevania 4 really hold up really well, I think, today.
2: Yeah, this track showcases some of the things that you see a lot in the soundtrack. There's a lot of upright bass, there's a lot of, like, kind of low register pianos, Mm -hmm. a lot of echoey sounds. Yeah, it's... Yeah, uh, harmonically, very... I don't really even know where to begin as
1: far as, like, to maybe analyze some of the things that are happening harmonically. Some of it feels wandering and... Um, almost atonal at times. What do you think, Will?
0: Yeah, especially the beginning is very dissonant and bizarre. And then it sort of starts to turn into, like, something a little bit more um, rocking and poppy and in line. But even then, once you get to that section, it's constantly modulating and uses all of these unexpected... Uh, chord changes. Unexpected is a good way to describe that track, I I think, yeah, but the interesting thing about that is as interesting and bizarre as the music to this game is, it's very distinctive. Like, I feel like I could recognize it anywhere as being from only Super Castlevania Mm 4. Not just Mm -hmm. the compositional style, but the instrument palette. Like, that lead melody instrument is so recognizable. Like, it's used in so many tracks, but whenever I hear it, I think of it, you know, it's like that same lead melody instrument. But I can't think of any other game that uses that. Well, it's
1: so wonderful also that finally they're able to get a church organ sound and everyone Mm -hmm. that plays the game is able to, okay, this is a church organ. (laughs) Because that was always, you know, trying, it was trying to be that, but you had to use your imagination before. No, you're actually, I mean, that's just, just such a great
2: way to you know emotionally heighten this experience so really quick before we move on to the mm-hmm. next one one of the things that I remember as a kid was I had one of these kind of handheld like tape recorder oh dealies and mm-hmm. what I actually would do is I would hold it up to the tv and record tracks, like, off a of sound test. That's awesome. you guys awesome. do anything like that ever? Um, I mean, Not with a tape
1: recorder. I mean, the, I would definitely be interested in that. I probably didn't have a portable tape recorder to do that. But I would definitely, like, have a video game on just for the music. Like, mm-hmm. I remember there was one time when I was drawing, and I turned on... Uh, it was either Sonic or Aladdin or something, and just had it on. I wasn't even playing it; I yeah. just had it on for the music to be background music while I was drawing. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Heck
0: <yeah. laughs> that's Turban Jazz, is what we'll sing. yeah. Oh, we got to play something from that in the Maraca. That's ridiculous.
2: <laughs> Sorry to no, derail. No, it's fine. It's fine. That's this is what I was looking for because I, I definitely have memories of like being on my school bus and just like listening to my little cassette. Oh, That's yeah. so cute. I Something love. I have
0: a memory when I was young. Carl made me like a little mixtape mm-hmm. of video game songs oh, and awesome. had stuff from Mario and mm-hmm. Sonic and all this stuff on
1: awesome. it. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Great. All right. So now it looks like we're moving on to the
2: year 1993 and this is when Secret of Mana was released. Yeah. Ooh. This is another one that I think you guys used in your Overdue. Yeah. And um, I, I kind of feel like to me... This soundtrack's like almost perfect. Mm. Uh, Hiroki Kikura's work on Secret of Mana is so good. And I had a really hard time picking a track mm. for today's show. Actually, just in general, yeah, I have to say, like, I, you know, picking my number of tracks to just whittle it down. There's plenty of things that I could have brought mm-hmm. today that I had to just unwillingly uh, leave behind so we because, ask
0: that our listeners not tweet at carlos and say dude how come you didn't play how come this because yeah. it is a lot of well, pressure to
2: i played what i want right the, the ones i picked are what i'm sticking with but yeah um i gotta i mean i don't know i guess i gotta give it to you guys for cutting through these tracks like yeah. week after week how do you pick uh, a certain playlist that's got to be hard. carl two please words. don't answer it carl <laughs> oh i know two the words, answer baby oh Excel speci. i knew i knew the answer that
0: doesn't actually help that's not like an, an answer to that
2: question <laughs> it a helps method, it helps a lot to organize a method things. to the madness Ugh.
0: yes okay so we're gonna play
1: mystic invasion from secret of mana composed by the one and only hiroki kikuda here we go listening to Mystic Invasion from Secret of Mana composed by Hiroki Kakuda, how about those drums? For me that's always been one of my favorite aspects of the Secret of Mana score. The drums, first of all the sound of those samples are just really great. Some of my favorite SNES drums. But the part like the part writing is like really expressive and it really feels like you're listening to an actual drummer just kind of let loose. Mm -hmm. And especially that those really fast, almost like bordering on blast beat kick drum patterns that you're hearing are just really gnarly that's for me that was the the highlight
2: of this track and the drums were a factor in me picking the track today okay. because I knew that it would be it'd be something that you'd appreciate yeah
1: I definitely appreciate that I'm not sure what I feel about the actual um, harmonics of what's happening with like the bass and the in the chords uh, it's very wandering mm-hmm. but for me yeah the drums is what kind of drew me into this
2: what about you What what, what are some of the things that you Uh, really dig about this track? Um, Well, I guess the atmosphere, but it's tied to playing the game because that's like when you enter a temple area, Mm. and it definitely pulls me back to playing that game back then. Um, Cool. uh, The soundtrack itself is very fusiony, very kind of world music mm-hmm. uh going on. It's it's really good. Kind of I, like Chrono Trigger in that way also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I do feel like people do hold Secret of Mana pretty highly yeah. when it comes to Super Nintendo soundtracks, but it it's always kind of maybe like third or fourth in the list like behind like The Final Fantasies and yeah. like, Chrono Trigger and stuff like that, but I'm, it's
0: really good. I'm curious for you Carlos cuz like I think one of the great um things about rpg music of that era is i think it was able to be more narratively focused musically as opposed to other genres of video games at the time um and i think that's especially like the square rpgs were so great at that what are some specific memories you mentioned that this happens when you go inside the temple in secret of mana when you think of playing the game what are some experiences and memories that you have that are specifically
2: related to music Oh, to the music, hmm. There is a couple of moments in the game where the soundtrack takes a pretty drastic turn. Um, There's one that kind of uses its very creepy tone song, and it uses like a gamelan-like kind of bell sound. And then there's also a song that kind of almost is like, uh, it's like one of the final boss fights, and it's almost like an industrial sound to mm-hmm. the song which is mm. very different from the rest of it musically th- those are the things that kind of jump to my mind right away but um other than that like I said again the the kind of I mean not that I knew it at the time but the very kind of jazz fusion-y style of like chord choices in the game are really some of the things that I appreciate the most
1: yeah no absolutely and that and that is one thing that sometimes I kind of especially back in the day I would mix up secret of mana with chrono trigger because they both have that jazzy sensibility mm. to them if you think about both of those scores but now that i've you know had years of of studying and listening to video game music it's funny that i ever did that because they're so different and when you think about the, the styles of those two composers very different um and so yeah i'm glad we were able to focus a little bit more on the secret of mana today because yeah that's something that that's that's definitely another soundtrack that we haven't done a spotlight on it and we we probably should at some point i mean
2: if you ask me i say yes (laughs) do you think there's
1: a there would be enough tracks to flesh out an entire yeah just uh yeah
2: (laughs) (laughs) i mean but see i it's also, and we were kind of talking about uh, nostalgia a little bit. You know, I, I had that game, and I played it a lot, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. So um that's a big factor in my right. taste and choosing this game.
1: Well, now on your list, you move on to 1995. By the way, I love that you did this based on the year. I think that's great. Thanks. 1995, <laughs> and we're moving on to the Game Boy, Kirby's Dream Land 2. Interesting choice.
2: Yeah. Um My brother had a Game Boy, and we had... uh Kirby's Dreamland, the first game. Mm-hmm. And we played that a lot, and I really liked it. And I liked the music a lot. um And then Kirby's Dreamland 2 kind of means a lot to me because actually, um my wife, uh she also had that game. Oh, nice. And one of the things I remember when we first started kind of dating and stuff is that, oh, you have a Game Boy, and she had mm-hmm. Kirby's Dreamland 2. And in Kirby's Dreamland 2, there's a thing where in each world, there's like a secret. Uh, they're called rainbow drops Mm -hmm. and if you find all of those you can unlock like the final area of the game and the true ending and I could never find them all (laughs) But <laughs> there was like one that I was missing, right? And uh, my wife, she did find them all. Oh so wow! It was like one of these things where I was like, "Oh, it's a good bonding this moment." Special. Oh, like, my God. <laughs> <laughs> she found one. all the rainbow drops. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta hold on to this girl. <laughs> I mean, it's it's goofy, but it's true. And, no, uh, that's very sweet.
1: Yeah. What's weird is that Junishikawa did not return for it's, this uh, Hirokaze Undo. Yeah, which is goodness. good. Uh, you know, and second,
2: it's, if you can't get Junishikawa. right, right. So this game, I think it came like out right around the same time as kirby's adventure on the nes yep so i think that hal as a company maybe were stretched a little thin but thankfully hirokazu ando became a very strong foundation yeah for they're hal both soundtrack. so fantastic yeah, yeah they're all awesome.
0: soundtracks that um, they've each kind of done more individually taking the reins and it's such a consistent sound i think
2: and uh, uh one of the first kind of moments for me as a fan of video game music where i could tell a composer's style so um mm-hmm. i liked the kirby series so much that i could tell when a track was by juni shikawa or hiro kazu oh, cool. or shogo sakai you know mm-hmm. so that was kind of a growing moment for me when it comes to video game music
1: very cool well let's take a listen to red canyon from kirby's dreamland 2 is adorable you guys are listening to red canyon from kirby's dreamland 2 for the game boy composed by hirokazu ando and also tadashi ikigami worked on this as well um yeah uh, this is this is so classic kirby um for me like when i think about old school kirby music it just is so at home on the game boy something Mm -hmm. about that game boy sound chip is so cute and plucky and it just it just i don't know when i think about some of my favorite Game Boy music I feel like I could have Like if I had If I had an episode On the Game Boy And played some of the best I mean there'd be so much Kirby music on that episode It'd be crazy
0: For sure Something that I love That happens in this track Is um uh, there's this sort of chromatically descending jazzy B section, and the way that he's able to return to the loop and sort of keep everything within the same key mm-hmm. is that a uh, chromatically descending idea modulates up like, I don't know, like a fourth or something, or even like a tritone, and like to a really distant key region, but then it sort of, you know, keeps descending back down until mm-hmm. we get to like the fifth of the original key and then it gets back into the loop it's it's great because it does two things one it you know reestablishes the home key but you also get this wonderful moment of a very surprising chord change right um and i i like that it's like you can tell that he's thinking about economically it's like he needs to create something that's going to loop well in sound nice but he's also getting this advantageous musical effect of having this kind of beautiful surprising key change very cool. Anything else that you wanted to let us know about your
1: experience with this game before we move on?
2: Mm, I think that's pretty much it. Self-explanatory.
1: Yeah, it's it's a great track. <laughs> I'm excited because we're now finally moving on to a new generation of video games. This is 1996. This is moving on to the Nintendo 64. A really great <laughs> choice here. Wave Race 64. Yeah. Classic. Yes. Classic soundtrack.
2: What a great game. So, um, like I said earlier, we... Would usually get games, maybe a console not right when it came out. So, because we'd get it maybe like a year later, whenever the price would drop, Mm -hmm. we'd end up getting weird games like this, you know? Like, (laughs) but um, hey, this isn't a weird game, man. It's cool. It's one of those games that are. Nintendo is usually they usually test the waters. I guess I don't mean it as a pun with Wave Race, but <laughs> sure, I, I would don't. if I were you. They, um, you know, they use these new games to showcase the technology, and yeah. that was the whole physics of yep. water and everything. And um, I ended up playing a ton of Wave Race, and I it's even so had, fun. Yeah, it is a lot of fun, and I had um a CD. It was one of like the first CD soundtracks I had. Oh, wow. And uh, I had a Mario 64 CD, and I had a Wave Race 64 CD.
1: Kazumi Tataka.
2: Yeah. Wow, crazy. Yeah. And yeah. the other thing about it, too, is this is another like very jazz fusion mm-hmm. soundtrack. Well, Wave
1: the Race. reason why I love Wave Race 64 is because this started this really wonderful kind of sub-genre of Nintendo music in Nintendo games Uh, That is carried on to things like Wii Sports Resort Mm -hmm. where when you have these like relaxing sport based Nintendo games they have this kind of palette and it was really all established here with Kazumi Tataka
2: yeah yeah I totally see that and this very upbeat high energy uh, you know just very cheerful sound that I really enjoy it looks like you brought in a piece of music that I don't think we've ever played on the podcast this is Castle
1: City from Wave Race 64 let's take a listen This is the jam. How have we not played this? This is Castle City from Wave Race, composed by Kazumi Tataka. It's so classic. I forgot that it started off with basically a sampling of the Cool and the Gang Summer Madness tune, but then it goes off into a totally different territory, this kind of funky Latin fusion. The bass writing here is just phenomenal yeah this is a track
0: that i totally forgot about this I mean, is it's hard to say it's an exact quote because it's basically just like a synth line that keeps ascending up an octave yeah. there's no doubt that he was he was calling yeah, back yeah, some definitely there influence
1: very well-known track but yeah this god this is the best it's yeah it's fun stuff this man. might be my favorite of the day so far oh great that's great <laughs> So yeah, is this a...
0: that that oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, When
1: you think about, you know, the soundtrack, like, is this one that immediately you think of or is this just one that you're trying to think of maybe
2: one that some people might not have heard before that we haven't played before? It's a little bit of column eight and column B. Like, I definitely, I mean, I, I, this is another soundtrack that I kind of like every track, but, um, it's also something that I'd like to share with people that maybe haven't heard it yet. Right. For me, it's all about that Dolphin Park, man. Dolphin Park, yeah, man. You can't beat it. I was, one year I was in Miami, and uh, I was just driving around. We were on a vacation, and I saw there was an actual Dolphin Park, so I had to take a picture of the sign. Like, oh, that's says great. It Dolphin Park. It that's awesome. It wasn't but... <laughs> did you ever oh, play Wave Race Blue Storm for the GameCube? Not. I did Good not. game. That
0: one yeah. was fun. Was I always really really wanted hard. to
1: try it. Talk about showing off, you know, technology and physics. I was
2: blown away by the water... Like the graphics of that game. Yeah, I bet it's a cool game to revisit. The one thing I do think about that game is, wasn't there like a code where you could make it so the announcer would be mean to you? Like instead of. That sounds familiar. Like saying encouraging things, Mm -hmm. like the announcer overhead would start insulting you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I never tried that.
2: Cool. Well, now it looks like we're going to move.
1: We're going to actually stay in the year 1996. And we're going to move on to... Technically, this would be an arcade game. I think it was also released for the PlayStation, I believe. Street Fighter Alpha here.
2: Yeah, and the track that I picked is from the arranged soundtrack that was featured nice. in the PS1 version. Very cool. So uh, I didn't have a PlayStation right away. Man, I'm sounding really poor in this episode. <laughs> I'm not poor, I swear. But um, Times have changed, man. Yeah, there was a place nearby where you could go and... Uh, it was like a video rental place, mm-hmm. but you could go and play consoles there. Sure. So I remember before I was able to play it at home, I would go to this place and um, play Street Fighter Alpha. And um, to be fair, I mean everyone was poor at that age, you oh, know, sure. like a teenager, right? Right. It was <laughs> like, what you can ask for, right? Um, so you'd go and play this game specifically? Yeah, for sure, of course. I mean, I'm a huge Capcom fan. So, <laughs> and this was Street Fighter Alpha was such a jump forward. Yeah uh, It was about from time. Street Fighter II. yeah after how many iterations, right? <laughs> but um, the one thing that I realized is that with PlayStation One games and a lot of games from that era was that they had the music on the disc. Mm-hmm. so you could take the game and play it in a CD player. Yeah. So when I did that with Street Fighter Alpha, like I was like, "Oh, I can just listen to the soundtrack whenever I want." and um, score. The thing that I also love about Street Fighter Alpha is that they took the Street Fighter soundtrack, the, the, the energy of Street Fighter, but then they made it jazzy. And it was something that I didn't expect and I didn't appreciate at first, mm. but I learned to love it. Now and as just, a fan of Jazz Fusion, it's, yeah. It's my favorite stuff ever. Well, I'm
1: excited that we get to play a track by one of our favorite composers on the podcast, Neoshi Mizuda. How fun is this? Let's take a listen to Chun-Li's stage from Street Fighter Alpha. guys listening to chun Li's stage from street fighter alpha composed Mm. by Naoshi mizuta what a really cool remix
2: of the classic street fighter 2 chun Li theme it's it's better i think it's better here yeah they they took it they took what's good of it and just jazzed it up and um i should say um so the playstation and saturn versions of the game when you played it you could pick if you wanted to listen to the original arcade sound or uh basically a better instrument version arranged version so why would the, you not choose this <laughs> yeah the the arrangement is the same it's the instruments that exactly are yeah. yep
1: Yeah, so that's very common, you know, when we say the word arrange. A lot of times in video game soundtracks, that's a term used to mean that all you're doing is you're taking the same basic music and you're playing it with better Mm -hmm. performers or Mm -hmm. real, real musicians and stuff like that. Different
0: from how the fact that this is basically, this piece of music is an arrangement. It's an arrangement. It's an arranged,
1: arranged. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. a double arranged version. All right, so now we're going to move on to a couple years in the future to another fighting game, The King of Fighters 97 talk about another series that has been neglected yeah <laughs> on our yeah you guys come on but hey we did
2: didn't we also yep. play that on that episode that's why it was we funny try that we uh, try a lot of the tracks that you guys played on that <laughs> were on our overdue or, like, episode stuff that i really liked <laughs> <laughs> that overdue episode was secretly a carlos episode <laughs> so what what are you playing from this um we're playing a track called Bloody, and it's a theme. So in King of Fighters, there are teams in the game that you pick. So you pick a team of three characters, and each car- each team is either they hail from a certain country or they have a certain theme. So this is the new faces team. So these are new characters that just showed up in 97. and um, Very cool. Yeah, it's... Uh, King of Fighters is another series that I ended up liking a lot, and it has its roots in that whole Red Book audio mm-hmm. thing that I was talking about because King of Fighters 95 came out on PlayStation 1, and that has a really good uh, range. And actually, yeah. all the arranged soundtracks for uh, King of Fighters on the PlayStation 1 era are super good, and 97 is no exception.
1: Awesome. Let's take a listen to Bloody New Faces Team theme from King of Fighters 97. <laughs> Man, <laughs> gnarly
2: Carlos, what are we listening to And who's responsible for this? So this is uh, Bloody, the new faces Team from King of Fighters 97 And the sound team is called Shinsekai Gakyoku Zatsugidan, which basically cool. Translates to Neo Geo Music Group mm-hmm. And um, There, uh, yeah This is also a case where the Playstation Version, like I said, had an arranged soundtrack and this is the arranged version of the original theme. I don't want to hear the original. Yeah. I really don't and, and I remember when I was researching this series a little
1: bit to include on our overdue episode, once I heard, once I found the arranged version I was like this is, this
2: is what it is. You yeah know? they're really good It was really hard for me to whittle down one mm-hmm. track from this era to pick for the show
1: For sure. Well good choice. This is really cool. I've never actually heard this before mm. This is bodacious. Let's just listen to a little bit more of this I really enjoy the interplay between the bass, the drums, and the guitar. They're all kind of slightly doing different rhythms and they line up at certain times, but the times when they don't line up is, is really interesting and particularly funky. Um, I don't, I'm not, to be honest, I, I'm not sure how I feel about that actual quote unquote melody, that Mm -hmm. it's, kind of annoying to me that's right. i don't know I, I love the rhythm section of what they're doing yeah. but i kind of wanted to mute that guitar <laughs> <laughs> really i i
0: rather liked it
1: <laughs> oh interesting yeah it was it was something um, it, was, it was interesting
2: yeah and i feel like uh the sound of king of fighters over the years is very jazzy i would say mm. that this track maybe doesn't represent that as much as the rest mm. of the soundtrack does but regardless i really like the track Alright, so now we're moving forward one year to 1999, and it looks like you brought Ridge Racer Type 4. Interesting Mm. choice. Yeah, this is a a game, and I guess this kind of goes into when I started to get into import games. So Mm -hmm. um, I had a PlayStation eventually, (laughs) and (laughs) I was able to... I saved up all
1: all my paperboy
2: money. Yeah, I was able to modify it so I could play import games. And Whoa. one of the games that I got, I, I did stick mainly to fighting games because the language barrier made that a lot easier. Right. And um, But uh, Ridge Racer 4, R4, it was a game that I got. I, I don't remember if I got it from a friend or if I bought it myself. Mm-hmm. But um, the soundtrack's very good and there's a lot of uh really fun stuff and i wanted to pick a track from this game to represent that
1: very cool well you brought in naked glow from ridge racer 4 composed by koda takahashi let's take a listen This is Naked Glow from R4, composed by Kodo Koda Takahashi. Wow, this is a really cool discovery. I've never heard this before. I'm really grooving out to this. It's you know what? It's like I just love Japanese composers because it's like this isn't jazz or jazz fusion, it's Japanese jazz, yeah. jazz fusion, which is so much more catchy and groovy and just I don't know. Something about it is just more palatable than like if you would listen to a music of this similar genre by a non-Japanese composer. Mm. It's just not going to have the same level of cheesy goodness. I just, I just eat this stuff up. This is, well, what are your thoughts on this track?
0: I I totally agree that this is like right up your alley. Like if I were (laughs) listening to this, you would probably be the first person that would come to mind, but it's so funny. I really love the era, I guess of this track i love um the drum part it's really active and groovy and that kind of brass sound in general the production just has a real attitude to it The chord progression is very mysterious yeah it's that kind of like half step back and forth Mm -hmm. thing that um is really effective and great happens in a lot of video game music for sure super cool pick yeah, is is the rest of the soundtrack kind of like this?
1: Dude,
2: you're going to love it. You got to <laughs> check out the soundtrack. It's really good. It's very it's very 90s. Mm-hmm. It's very, um, I would say, jazzy, almost R&B in a lot of ways. I love it. Yeah, there's a lot of good tracks in this soundtrack. It kind of reminds
1: me of some of the later like Gran Turismo stuff, like yeah. some of the menu, mm-hmm. kind of chilled out menu music of that series as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, it's crazy that there's a lot of really kind of chill fusion music for racers because that's not what I would think of if I was like scoring a racer you'd think you'd want to do rock or like something really energetic and fast-paced where this
2: is energetic but there's something like really chill about it so where where I think that comes from is that in Japan a lot of the like the formula races like the real like races um, I don't know why it is but Um, bands like Cassiopeia and Mm T-Square really gravitated towards that and they would make themes for these. And I feel (laughs) like those really influenced a lot of the composers that were working on racing games. That's cool. So like, yeah, games like Daytona USA and Gran Turismo and Ridge Racer all were very influenced and you can hear that in a lot of the soundtracks.
1: Very cool. Well, something's going on with our timeline because now we're going back in time. Yeah, so... What's happening
2: here? So what I wanted to do is... I for sure wanted to go through my timeline, but I couldn't just keep going because I would have a million tracks. But I wanted to kind of stop there in a way and then maybe focus on a couple of games that I really like that don't have to be chronological or that represent maybe um, maybe early 2000s, mid-2000s when I started to dig into video game music itself. Sure. And trudge up stuff that maybe I never played or, or I... I didn't know about so one of the things that i have is um there's a game called star cruiser mm-hmm. and the composer i i feel like maybe you guys played a track or two yeah yeah oh. i think we have um so toshia yamanaka is a composer mm-hmm. that i've fallen in love with and he's amazing and i love all his stuff and uh star cruiser is the first soundtrack that i found from him when i was digging into the internet and discovering an unknown world of video game music mm-hmm. I forget what was the track that I picked. This is To the Distant Cosmos. Oh, great. Yeah. So that I believe is like the end ending song for the game and it's wonderful. Let's take a listen to this from Star Cruiser.
1: is super good you guys listening to to the distant cosmos this is composed by toshia yamanaka this is from the game star cruiser getting some vibes of like hikoshi hashimoto here um just very free exploratory genesis music this is i yeah this is really cool i'm really impressed with this i don't think i've ever heard this track before i know that i've looked into this game,
2: but I don't know. Maybe I missed this track. Yeah, he's great. I really love all the stuff that he... He would go on to uh, work with Treasure. He did Sin mm-hmm. and Punishment and Bondayo. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, finding this... And, I mean, obviously you can see from my timeline that I was definitely on the Nintendo side of things, so right. I missed out on a ton of stuff. Sure. And um, I honestly... Growing up I didn't appreciate the sound Of FM synthesis right? And uh, as I started to Dig in and learn You know doesn't matter It's the composer that's well, it's interesting. really interesting makes Things work you But know? yet you were Very able true. to appreciate the
1: NES sound Which yeah. is in, yeah, in some know. ways more primitive But that's there's also
2: like the whole thing About nostalgia right. But um, the, the uncanny valley idea Of like sometimes
0: the stuff that sounds A little better actually sounds worse Because it's like in that weird Vague zone Mm. where it's like not quite real but not quite fake enough that it's charming. Yeah, I like that I like that.
1: So now you're moving on to guilty gear
2: xx So does is this part of your kind of discovery of video game music? Um in a way? I think it is. I mean, it's a fighting game and I love fighting games, but um Guilty Gear's soundtrack is of like a heavy metal, kind of power metal oh, stuff. Yeah. And that was something that I didn't know that I liked until I heard it. Uh, I remember going by my friends and he had the original Guilty Gear on PlayStation 1. And um, the actually the creator of the game also did the music for the game Mm. and um learning all of that you know all of these things combined it's like wow this this soundtrack's really good it was also one of the earliest like cd soundtracks Mm -hmm. that i got um we would drive down to um just outside of chicago there's like a japanese mall and uh in the mall there was like a bookstore that had music and Mm. i saw like the guilty gear cd on the shelf and i'm like "Ah, i need that
1: (laughs) so i treasured
2: it for a really long time
1: well let's take a listen to blue water blue sky which is may's theme from guilty gear xx Cool, you guys are listening to Blue Water, Blue Sky from Guilty Gear XX.
2: So, Carlos, what system was this on and uh, what composers are responsible for this? Um, this was on the PlayStation 2. And I know Daisuke Shiwatari, the, um, the creator of the game series. Sure, yeah. He's involved with this soundtrack yeah, as also, well. Yeah, uh, also, looks like Koichi Siyama as well. Thank you, thank you. Very cool. Very similar name to Koichi Sugiyama, but it's not, not the same person. Right. One of the things I love about this song is those uh, harmonized guitars. Oh, yeah. So good. just yeah. like makes you feel so good. Yep. This yeah. is a very triumphant I like
1: the intervals of the
0: melody. Yeah, da, da, da. You know, I like mm-hmm. melodies that kind of, um, they're just kind of hitting these chord tones that are more spread apart, especially like roots and fifths in a melody. I think that can be really powerful. Yeah, yeah this is a great I, I track. I
2: the... the f- the feeling behind a song too, like it makes me feel happy. Actually, this song is in a playlist that I have that I use when I go running. <laughs> Ooh, a workout mix. Yeah, I nice. see that. Yeah, this is
0: great. I just it also feels of... like it's at that right tempo where if you're running, like you could run right to the beat of it. Yeah, we are bringing to in a lot of like fast. you know real performed you know fleshed out
1: either rock songs or jazz songs. It's, it's a real treat to hear this real performance.
0: It's yeah, one thing great. we have to say is like one of the reasons that why I think. Um, I mean, I always knew that even before we met you that we would all really get along is because for years on the podcast, Carlos would, like, recommend these just (laughs) killer tracks to us, stuff we'd never heard before. (laughs) Whenever we have listeners show and tell, we'd be like, who's this guy, Carlos, that just keeps sending in this awesome stuff? (laughs) Yeah, just crazy. I really
2: really enjoy sharing music, Mm -hmm. and I really like... uh, Hearing people react to finding new music that I yeah. think they'll like.
0: No, there is so much good stuff. <laughs> you know I, what? It's all getting jumbled, like, jumbled now in my There's head. such. a i think of like a Carlos sound. Whenever we do like, <laughs> you know, something, and I yeah, do some, know like, obscure. I do know for a Game fact Boy you were the, the first person. Really
1: groovy and like, <laughs> you were the first person to show us "Bless You, Boy." Yeah, which means you're the first person to introduce us to Yasuki Isui. Yeah that's just phenomenal because we're just so in love now with with that composer and his music. So Right.
2: And I mean, just like, you know, I shared it with you, I found it through someone else, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. it's just great that video games, uh, the music as a, as a whole can just not only show people new stuff that they didn't know, but right. they can open you up to new genres that you never thought you'd like. Well, now we're going to move on to the second to last on your playlist. This is La Mulana. Talk about this. So La Mulana is like, Probably one of my favorite games of all time. Um, You basically play, it's kind of a Metroid Castlevania style game, and you play as kind of an Indiana Jones type, and it's an Mm -hmm. indie game. It came out around 2009, I believe. 2011, thank you. And um, it's brutal, actually. It's very punishing. Oh, wow. Yeah, so um, it's not the easiest game to get into, but uh, I like that genre a lot, and um, I should say, yeah, like I didn't put like Super Metroid or uh, Symphony of the Night on here, but mm-hmm. those are some of my favorite games of all sure. time. And this definitely follows in those footsteps. And um, I just really like to tell people a lot about La Mulana. So I'm kind of selfish cool. in bringing this in today. Yeah,
1: it's interesting because I recognized that that title and I had to look it up. But this was actually featured in a listener show and tell episode. Uh, not this track, but this game. Uh, John F. brought in a track from La Mulana as oh, well. well, that
2: guy's cool. I don't know who he is, <laughs> but he rules.
1: <laughs> All right. So the track you brought in was Curse of Ocean from La Mulana, composed by Hario Samajima. You guys are listening to Curse of Ocean, and this comes to us from the composer Huryu Samajima, and the game here that Carlos brought in is La Mulana. And yeah, the second time on the podcast that we're featuring a track from La Mulana. How cool. This is really interesting. Like, the sound here, do you know what's going on as far as, like, some of these feels like they're, like, retro samples?
2: I'm not sure what what this was made with. So the thing about this game that I brought is La Mulana was originally like a freeware indie game Mm -hmm. that came out on PCs. Okay. And then uh, the company actually went and remade it and released it on the Wii. So you could buy a download game on the WiiWare. So it's not um, like constrained to a certain sound. They just kind of use their own. I don't know what they use to compose it, but um, uh, this is a very distinct sound. The whole soundtrack sounds like this. Very
1: cool. Well, now this leads us to the last track on the playlist, which will be our play out today. This is the Super Hang-On 20th Anniversary Collection, and you're going to play, I assume, a killer arranged version of Outride a Crisis, which is yes. one of the best video game tracks of all
2: time. I, I agree.
1: Oh, my gosh. It's
2: just, just so good. Yeah, If if I was forced to pick one video game music track... I think I would have to pick Outrider Crisis. It's, wow. it's amazing. And not only that, but this arrangement might be one of my favorite arrangements of a video game soundtrack ever. Dude, very, very big cool. big words. Well, yeah.
1: Carlos, thank you so much for joining us for this very special installment of Favorites with Friends. This is long overdue, yeah, so we're finally. We gotta able have to you back on for some other done. think of
0: a think of an episode topic <laughs> you want to do. Too, unfortunately, there are too many Castlevania fans, and we've already
2: like exhausted <laughs> yeah. with Tim Turry, all the Castlevania that <laughs> we've well, we do. Well, I'm sure I could dig deep and find yeah, something. Yeah, we'll find something. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. And yeah. Yeah. it is kind of weird because I've been, you know, like I said, a fan for so long and then, you know, we kind of become buddies and now I'm doing this whole Heroes 3 thing with Marty and Matthew and um, it's just this kind of... You know, I'm we still used to fan, have though. we used
0: to have Marty's corner, but it would be fun to do a Carlos's corner. Oh, right? yeah. I cannot like, compete with Marty's you, corner. Don't, <laughs> well, don't like you could do me... different things. You could we could have a little section where you come in and like bring us some obscure thing that we've never like
2: heard. Something of jazzy. I could do research for <laughs> it's sure. It's gotta but be when jazzy. When it comes to though. music analysis, I can't. I can't compete with you guys. Come on, just show us something cool and jazzy. I, and we'll I, I said in the
0: car today. We we just got back from dinner before this um and i said carlos if i die i want you to like take over the podcast with carl and at first it was kind of the response i was hoping for it was like no will i could never do it and then after a while is like, you know what no
2: i think i could probably do it
0: and i'm like no i don't want you to take it over
2: so if, if i die it's done if will dies i'm the first suspect that people are going to come he's the first heir and I, also the I first think suspect.
0: unfortunately you wouldn't be the first suspect that a few people that i would suspect it's
1: really fishy you. because will took out a podcast insurance policy <laughs> Very <laughs> recently. But All really, right.
2: uh, thank you guys for having me on. This has been a lot of fun.
1: Absolutely. This was a blast. We're going to play you guys out with this killer arranged version of Outrider Crisis. My name is Carl Brueggemann.
2: And I'm Will Brueggemann.
0: And I'm Carlos. Have a great week, everybody. Peace out.